Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my special, special guest today is James McCormick. James worked for, unfortunately, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure he enjoyed himself, but he also worked for the NFL and NFL Films for over a decade. James was so much fun to talk to. He is such an inspiring person and just has such a great way of looking at everything that I'm very, very grateful I had the opportunity to have him on the show so you guys can learn a little bit about who he is because he's awesome, but also learn a little bit about how he got into sports. I think that's very important. And then what he did when he got there to absolutely crush it. So thank you all so much. Enjoy the heck out of this conversation with James McCormick. Awesome, man. Well, it looks like we did start to record. Thankfully, today I have James McCormick, former player marketing coordinator at the NFL, player relations at NFL Films, public relations with the Philadelphia Eagles, the bad guys, but we'll get over that one. Currently, real estate advisor, business owner, brand consultant. James, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. I promise you that. I, I I haven't gotten that job with the NFL yet. Maybe after this conversation, you'll be able to put in a good word for me. But until then, <laughs> we keep rocking and rolling. But I do appreciate it. Uh, very excited to hear more about your story. Very excited to share that story with a lot more people and hopefully uh, inspire a couple uh, couple young kids, maybe a couple career changers out there. You've done the career change yourself. So first question on the For the Love of Sports podcast, James, is why do you love sports so much? Uh, I'm a former athlete. I uh, played basketball pretty much since I was about five or six years old. Um, and so it's kind of all I'd known, a lot of the camaraderie, uh, the teamwork, um, life lessons, I guess you can, you could also include in that as well, as far as what you learn from sports. And so um, ever since as a, at a young age, um, it's kind of all I've known. Um, I didn't really play any other sports except for basketball. I kind of dabbled into baseball um, a little bit was asked to play football, but, um, you know, I don't care what sport it is. I think there's just a lot of lessons to be taken from it. And so, um, I guess as an athlete, um, I learned a lot. And then fortunately, as I got into adulthood, I was able to piggyback on some of those life lessons and apply it in a professional sense. I love it. And it makes sense. You know, that's one thing, um, you know, a few themes come up every time I ask that question, you know, it's community, it's, it's the lessons you learn, you know, yeah. learn, uh, getting better at things you don't want to get good at, right? You know, it's, right, you don't right. know how to dribble with your, you know, sports is the one place. Uh, and I had a former athlete bring this up. If you're not good at dribbling with your left hand, you have to figure it out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. In yeah. school, in school, if it's your bad at math, all right, pay attention more to algebra or pay attention right. more to language arts or history. Maybe that's right. the area you can go in. So it's always interesting to me uh, to hear kind of what what brings people together about sports. And it sounds like you had some pretty good time. So you were you were a basketball player. You said you were asked to play football. It doesn't sound like you really wanted to, though. I was interested in playing football, but I was, to be honest with you, and I can say this now, I was I didn't want to get hurt for basketball <laughs> because uh um, fortunately, I was I was pretty good. I uh, played basketball. I played point guard. Um, I played all the way through college, and so um, it was near and dear to me. And it became like a twenty four seven, twelve month a year kind of thing for me. Uh, whether mm-hmm. it be traveling teams, um, you know, obviously the school teams and stuff like that. Training was kind of all year long. So 
But it's interesting you talk about the left hand because that was something that was really a big deal for me, learning both hands and being apprendectious in that sense, especially as a point guard. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think also with sports too is like the lessons of learning how to fail, which is probably something that I didn't realize at the time was being ingrained in me. Um, but I think, you know, sp- starting with like, you know, being in the teenage years, I was always around people who were older than me on the court. And so I'd be my, I'd be the only 12 year old playing with 16 year olds. Um, and so that's kind of like started to become like my, I guess how I did everything is I was always putting myself in situations where I had no choice, but to grow. Yeah. And, um, playing four years up, that's, uh, that's not a mistake. That's not by no. accident. My no. goodness, you must have been a really good little shifty point guard out there. I mean, were you just that much taller than everybody else? Were you just that much better than everybody else? How did that work? Uh, I'll be humble, but I was, I oh, was, so uh, bad. you know, I was, no I was, I was, um, I was always tall for my age. Um, I've been the same, I'm six, three, I've been the same height since sixth grade. Um, Magic Johnson was my favorite player. So I kind of gravitated to the big point guard. Now it's kind of in style, but um, you know, I think when you first look at a kid who's, you know, in fifth or sixth grade and they're six foot three, the first thing you want to do is put them under the rim. So you start seeing them dribble and pass and shoot and kind of direct traffic. And then it's like, now you have an advantage because, you know, you're probably the only six, three, sixth grader out there. Um, but the skill set stayed with me all the, all the same. So, um, yeah, it was, I guess I just took advantage of my, uh, my God given ability. Hey man, if there you were given a hand of cards, just play them, right? That's all you got to play them. And so you played throughout college. Where did you end up going to school? So I actually graduated from high school, went to a two-year college, Valley Forge Military College. Okay, familiar. Um, which people who know who may not be familiar, there's a college and there's an academy, and I was fortunate to play at the college. Many of the people that play at the college are are guys who are trying to get a D1 scholarship, um, and so I was able. Sorry about that. Um, but the fourth the thing with me is I actually broke my ankle twice. <laughs> so that was kind of the end of my, uh, my plans as far as mm-hmm. the basketball side went in, uh, you know, affected me. So that kind of shifted me directly into business and mm-hmm. thinking about what I was going to do after, uh, mm-hmm. after college. Yeah. And then, I mean, so the... I was planning on, I was planning on playing at Drexel. Oh, oh, okay. Good school. Yeah. I'm familiar, not too far from uh, where you are right now. I don't think I'm in the, uh, the New York, Philadelphia area, right in the smack dab in the middle of New Jersey, about okay. an hour from each, which is kind of nice. So uh, yeah. very familiar with both. And I had a buddy that went to, I'm pretty sure he went to the college, but he may have been in the academy. I'll be very honest about uh, with Valley Forge. Um, I know he was there for a couple of years yeah. and uh, he, he had an interesting time to say the least, I guess. So uh, there is that, but um. A lot yeah, of good athletes, though. I mean, oh I, played, I played with a lot of guys who ended up going to the NFL. Um, even through high school, I played mm-hmm. against Stefan Marbury. Um, Ooh, Starbury, there we go. Several players who, you know, Germantown Academy guys who went into the league. And so um, one of my famous people like to tease me about this, but I was on the same all-star team as uh, Brevin Knight, who's a New Jersey guy. Um, I think he was like a 14-year vet. And my cousin is Dante Jones, who um, played at Duke and played with LeBron James. So... I was always surrounded by greatness and yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big Duke fan. So I'm, I'm glad oh, okay. you told me that one. That's good. <laughs> that is pretty cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Played LeBron James, the whole thing. That is awesome. Look at that. Yeah. So I'm fortunate that you broke your ankle twice. Same one twice. Same one. Yeah. Ah, man, that is just, um, we don't need to get too far into that, but it did <laughs> set you up obviously onto another path, as you said, that kind of led you then down to the business route. And was the job with the Philadelphia Eagles, your first job? 
um, out of college or your first job in sports? How exactly did that? Give me the timeline a little bit. So um, right out of college, um, a mutual friend of mine connected me with a guy by the name of Troy Vincent, who um, at the time was a Philadelphia Eagles cornerback. Um, really good player, Pro Bowl caliber player. Um, and so he was a current player with the Eagles, and he had a financial firm in the city of Trenton, where I'm from. Uh, and I ended up taking a job. I was the tallest administrative assistant you can find. Um, but I took the job, and this is kind of like a life lesson and as far as a mantra for how I did everything. Is, and I might have mentioned this on the phone with you. Is uh, I took the job with the mindset of if I just get in the building, I can see what's going to happen next. And so I went from an admin to a partner uh, in the business development um, of the of the business. And so in the meantime, he and I became really close personally. Uh, and he was a really, really big, strong uh, business guy in the league. He was someone who was known to be an entrepreneur, Walter Payton Man of the Year. And so he was widely respected. Um, and the company that I worked for happened to be owned by three other players, one of them Hall of Famer, Chris Carter, um, as well as Bobby Taylor. All the Eagle fans know those names. But um, so right off the bat, I was really entrenched into the business side of the sports world just because of my relationship with him. Um, and because of him, I kind of saw a template as to, you know, a player doesn't necessarily have to automatically go into broadcasting after they retire, um, that you can really own a business, you can be an entrepreneur. And that kind of got my mind thinking as to like, I wonder how I could possibly help other players do what Troy was doing. And so that kind of start, sparked my interest in trying to get on the business side of sports. But my first job was with him um, mm -hmm. and a company was called Elticon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember you do, You were telling you did tell me that story. I can't remember exactly what the timeline was, but I think it's it, again, as you said, it's a great lesson to learn that just get your foot in the door. You know, yeah. like your, your personality can shine, your six foot threeness can get in there and be that office administrator. And, <laughs> and you can go do what you. A lot you, of people you, listen to me, so I could I'm sure, right? They probably <laughs> thought you were a partner at that time. It's like this giant guy. I love it. Um, and you're right. Just like get in spend some time, learn who these people are. They are human beings, right? You know, I've yeah. met not so many, but I've met a lot of people that, you know, others around the world would think, oh my goodness, that's incredible. You know, professional athletes, Olympic athletes, actors, and they're just normal people. You treat them normal like a normal people. person. They're normally, they're, normally, there we go. They're most likely going to treat you like a normal person back. So it's always Absolutely. something that it, it, uh, of course we all get awestruck and we all you know fanboy and fangirl from time because that's just how we how we do it here but it's it's always interesting to me to meet meet someone that is is relatively famous or widely known and just they're just cool people they're good you know, i think i think that's probably was the big catalyst for mm -hmm. his relationship with me was that um here was a young guy who wasn't necessarily awestruck um we're both from the same town um we're walking around the neighborhood buying lunch uh he's playing on sunday getting interceptions and then monday and tuesday we're having lunch in the neighborhood um but it also kind of put me into a unique circle because in addition to what we did as the business um i would go to the games i would go after the games to the dinners so i was in these secret you know dinner parties and and circles uh with a lot of the athletes that i grew up watching uh and next thing you know i just i sort of became troy's guy and people just mm -hmm. knew me as being someone associated with troy um and i didn't realize it at the time but i guess something clicked in my head as to like if i just kind of step and repeat this over and over again and continue to bring value then the relationships will take me really far so and that that's was, a 
very good point you say you have to bring value too right you can't just be there with your hand out you have to make sure your hands up and you're saying hey let me help let me help um i guess in the beginning you know especially with this financial firm i'm sure there's a lot of things that you were doing but that transition to i guess public relations a little bit it sounds like that's kind of where that started to happen i mean you're in these dinners that people would literally will pay thousands of dollars to go to right, right. and you're there you're 23 years old at the time not no more that. than that no more exactly than that, yeah. and you're just kind of you're just being a good person adding value which i think is important what exactly like when when did it click to say like hey how how can i continue to add value and how can i kind of transition this from office administrator to partner to now public relations associate with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, I think it was really just my, it was an interest in me in getting deeper into the sports side of the business um, or I guess the sports business in general. Um, And I might've mentioned to you, I left the partnership um, Mm -hmm. at 26 years old um, and I interned for free at NFL films. I say Mm -hmm. for free because I believe they get paid now. Don't quote me on that, but <laughs> at the time it was certainly not paid. Um, so it was a little bit of an unheard of move to leave a partnership at a young age with a really unique firm that was up and coming to intern. But again, it was the same mantra of like, you know, this is a really unique opportunity. NFL Films is probably the biggest sports production company in the world, one of the biggest, certainly. Um, and I guess the next step for that for me was um, Steve Sable, who unfortunately has passed away, took me under his wing immediately at NFL Films. Uh, So I owe a lot to him as well as Troy. Um, And I started to learn the production side of the business as an intern. But the key with that was I I made it no, I made it very, I was very clear that I did not want to look like an intern. So I already had the size. I'm a little bit older than most of the interns. Uh, and so what I started to do was I actually started to dress in ties, shirts, sweaters, slacks, dress shoes. So no one thought I was an intern. And so next thing you know, I'm going on shoots. Um, the, the department that I was in put me in a lot of great positions as a player in relations, uh, which is dealing directly with the players. And I'll never forget, I think the catalyst for me was um, my cousin is a former receiver for the Denver Broncos. And we were doing um, a shoot with John Elway and Steve Sable needed a driver. Uh, and I volunteered knowing Hello. that yep. we're going to go see John Elway. So my thought process was that this is a great opportunity to learn something, to meet John Elway and also to share with Steve and John who my cousin was. And that kind of just started a whole trust thing with me and Steve. And next thing you know, I was getting a lot of side projects that were only to do with him and I became invaluable in that way. And what happened was, I guess, the combination of that and my background with Troy, um, I was the sole guy who was traveling back and forth to the Eagles facility. And it just so happened that they needed some help in the PR department. They were about to leave for training camp. Mind you, I'm midway, I'm midway through my internship. So mm-hmm. technically, I'm not supposed to leave. But I took the opportunity and I had two days notice. I left and went to training camp. And that was the same year that they initially went to the Super Bowl. So you can imagine there's a ton of media around mm-hmm. national media and it's kind of the same thing started happening again. All of a sudden, all the national media is around people that I watched seeing growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really the, the catalyst for me to say like, okay, I get it as far as how I can, I can make an imprint in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I just think, again, like I love connecting dots, right? It's always cool to see. So you're a partner at this firm. 
with uh, a couple of Philadelphia Eagles that were there. Mm-hmm. Then you went and you and and remind me when you went to NFL Films, it wasn't. It's it, it definitely wasn't what it is now, right? As you said, now it's one of the biggest. How big was it back then? Because this is the early two thousands, correct? It was. It was huge. It was still um, big that back. Right oh now? yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I believe now they're probably over well over two hundred fifty Emmys, but mm-hmm. they've always been that. Um, okay. Um, I think probably, you know, I don't think every fan realizes that, but they have always been uh, the premier, especially within the industry. Everyone knows them to be the premier sports production company, mm-hmm. along with maybe like an HBO. Um, now it's definitely changed. The climate's changed with everything being digital. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, they've always been a premier uh, force in that in that sense. And so you you saw this opportunity as an unpaid intern, and you mm-hmm. said, you know what, this is probably what I should do. And I just think it's it, again, it just leads to and when we when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I'm really glad that you told the story again because I think people out there understanding and listening, you can have a great thing, right? I'm sure being you could still be a partner at that financial institution. Oh yeah. And you still would be killing it. But there's so many other things that have come from you saying, you know what, I, I kind of want to test these waters a little bit. Now, everyone's not always going to be in that situation. But I think it is fantastic that you were able to say, I see something here. I think this is great. Now, it's kind of funny. You didn't even, you didn't really even finish with it. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we get back there, of course. But yeah, yeah, it's how you go there. And again, just the connections back to the Philadelphia Eagles and some of the players and just through speaking with people and as you said surrounded by greatness you said your cousin played for the broncos i mean again it's, it's not coincidence i don't believe in those it's just hey would you look at that you're always in the right place at the right time yeah you know i i, I hate to quote uh for some i guess jerry jones but um <laughs> he said something that i i it just really resonates with me is that you know he was talking about um him purchasing the dallas cowboys and now i'm in especially i'm in a real estate so i'm paying attention to his development about around the facility and even getting into some of the business things that him and his son are involved in. But he always says that um, the key to his success is that he's not afraid of ambiguity. And I didn't, I couldn't put it into words at the time, but that's pretty much, I guess what it was, was that I had no clear path necessarily as to what this is going to be. All I saw was that there was something there that I was at least intrigued by and there was enough there to say, like, I would like to scratch and see what I can find and what I can make of it. Um, and I think it really starts with just trusting who you are and trusting yourself and your ability to figure things out. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. that's kind of what I would attribute it to. Yeah, yeah. And again, going back to the, 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 the first go around with NFL films as, as an intern, I think it's, it's also smart how you said, you know, you didn't want to look like an intern. There's no. probably a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year olds there as well. You're 26, 27 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm going to dress like I'm. 26, 27 years old, as if I was working here for five years already. Absolutely. That, yeah. As you said, led to, granted, again, being 6'3", probably didn't hurt, right? That probably <laughs> never hurt. But, but, you know, leading to people thinking and seeing, I mean, perception's reality. You know, that's Absolutely. the thing I took the most from college. I went there for four years. The one thing I learned, perception's reality. If people think you're incredible, you're incredible. Um, and you absolutely took advantage of that and rolled with it. And as you said, you know, you got to go meet John Elway and that was kind of just for fun, but it turned into a lot more at the time, uh, which absolutely. I think is really important as well. So again, I'm very grateful that I get to have you on and get to talk about all this because I think it is really cool. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, well, fortunately for you, you get a pretty cool job. Unfortunately, it's with the Eagles. Um, <laughs> one, one other, another question with that, because you already knew a lot of the guys on the team, was it, and it's, again, being relatively young, 26, 27 years old, did you ever have a weird feeling of 
kind of taking that step back, again, going from a partner at a financial institution, again, probably doing relatively well, going to an intern and then going to be a PR associate. Did you ever kind of had that internal or, or, you know, worry, or I don't even want to call it embarrassment, but understanding that people are now going to look at me different because I've taken this other path, which some may look at as a step back. Obviously you've gone much further, but was that ever kind of like an internal battle you ever had with yourself? No, not at all. And if anything, it was a step forward, I think in yeah. most people's minds, because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people who know people who work for a financial firm. Um, but not many people know someone who's working for the, in the NFL in any capacity. Very true. Very true. So, uh, not that that's why I did it, but as far as like thinking, you know, the perception of anything, it was, it was a, a booster for me. I became everyone's best friend. Uh, suddenly I didn't have any problem getting a reservation anywhere. And I Look learned how to connect dots, as you mentioned, and leverage those things, uh, which is another word that I use a lot is um, I started to figure out that I could get myself into doors simply because of who I worked for. Um, and I think obviously the key is not to abuse it, but at the same time, even if it's something where I might want to sit down with someone who, and I want to just learn about what they do, um, they're going to pay attention to me just simply because of the way I present the fact that I work for here, I work here, I work there. And early on, I connected the dot of like everyone pretty much is a football fan. So that means if I can leverage this properly, I should be able to get into certain doors that maybe would have been a little, a little bit difficult to, to do so prior. So mm -hmm. um, if anything, it was, a, it was a step forward. Absolutely. And it makes sense when you explain it like that. I guess I was thinking more from the financial aspect of uh, going to becoming an unpaid intern, right? Like oh, yeah, that yeah. Had been I mean, that, that was tough. But, I won't, I won't, I won't oh, yeah. lie. I mean, fortunately, I had a lot of support from my family. Um, so that really, that was a big key for me, obviously. Um, and I was still young, you know, mm -hmm. so Exactly. Um, little creative financing. Exactly. <laughs> Have a little bit of a runway. Eat a lot of ramen noodles. I mean, yeah. you'll be fine. You can work it on. You can work out and be just fine at 26 years old with that. And, I thank uh, my family for that because they were a huge support during that yeah, time. My mom and my dad in particular. That's fantastic. I'm very, very grateful. Um, you know, you must be uh, and appreciative to have them in your lives because, of course, at that time, especially, it could be a very confusing um, period of time. I mean, just to make that just to come to that conclusion and say, you know what? No, I want to be unpaid intern because I think there's so much more, which, again, um, it has absolutely come to that. So you're with the Eagles for a little while. It was about uh, about a year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a little over a two years. Two years. OK, I apologize. So you're with the Eagles for a couple of years. What exactly? As you said, you started to figure out leverage. You started to figure out, you know, working with these athletes and spending time with them. What did you learn, I guess, more on the business side than the actual football side while you were there work, spending time with the Eagles? Uh, trust was probably the big thing. Um, my word was extremely important. Um, I had to realize that, like, I had an impact as to what is getting printed the next day. Um, the trust between the players and the ability to create a relationship very quickly um, was something that I think fortunately, I don't even know why, but I, I had a gift of doing. Um, these guys are surrounded by a lot of people every day, so they don't trust you automatically necessarily. Um, to be honest with you as well, I mean, I hate to go back to the physical presence, but that was also another factor um, that was kind of a unspoken factor in terms of I was able to look them in the eye, most many of them in the eye. Um, so, you know, there was a physical presence of, you know, they assumed that I knew what I was doing and that I was 
a seasoned veteran in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the public relations world. Um, and I think just my approach with them, like I genuinely did care about their well-being. I did a lot of things that I didn't have to do per se. Um, talk to them about a lot of things besides football, which I think is a, a big factor in terms of uh, just understanding that we're dealing with human beings. And exactly. So yep. Right off the bat, I looked at them as these guys could be my brother, my cousin, uh, a friend, and that's really how I treated them. I, I tried to um, ignore the fact that I know who they are as far as what they do on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would, looked at it as to like, these are guys who need my help. Um, they play football. They're really good at that. Uh, let me try to bring some value that maybe they don't have access to. Again, coming back to the value. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you know, understanding that they're more than just a football player, right? Mm-hmm. Like we watch them on Sundays because right. we love football. Um, but I'm sure they have other interests, right? They have families they, have things they want to talk about outside. I know my cousin has met Bernie Williams of the Yankees multiple times. And he says, never ask him about baseball. He doesn't <laughs> care. He doesn't want to talk about it. Ask yeah. him about music and his guitar and he'll talk forever. Because right. that's what he wants to talk about, right? So I'm Absolutely. sure many of these guys as well. And again, going back to being six three, it never hurt. Um, you know, <laughs> if I walk up to someone at you know a whole five seven and a half on a good day, um, they're obviously looking down on me from a physical perspective, and that's just kind of how it works. So um, sometimes those things just work out, sometimes they don't. But again, I think it's awesome that you're you're just always trying to figure out ways to bring value, whether it was as an unter- uh, unpaid intern at. NFL films, whether it was at this financial institution where you were able to bring value and now with the Eagles, unfortunately, being able to <laughs> bring a significant amount of value to them. I'm sure the guys on the team are great. It's the fans that I can't <laughs> think, but um, you know, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. And, and so your time with the Eagles is a couple years. Again, you learned so much just about business in general. I'm sure you learned a significant amount about PR because that really wasn't where you came from. So how was actually dealing with that aspect of it? Just, you know, you, it sounds like you got the job a lot of because you knew a lot of the players and you were able to kind of be a good person and a good presence. How much did learning exactly what you need to do in the PR front, like how much did that kind of, especially in the beginning, affect what you were doing? It was huge because I learned the power of PR um, and conversely the power of branding and marketing because, um, you know, at the time, it was the time where T.O., McNabb, Westbrook and those guys were there. So, you know, there was maybe two department heads who handled uh, the coach and those guys, but pretty much everyone else on the roster was left to myself and uh, another gentleman. Um, And so you have a lot of people to juggle and everyone has their own interests. Everyone has their own thing. Some of them have a radio show. Some of them have a TV spot. Um, Some of them have a lot uh, to offer, but they don't get a lot of publicity. So you're trying to figure out ways that are unique and creative to, um, get these guys out there in a positive way that can possibly enhance their brand. And you start working with their agents and their marketing reps and, and their managers, and you're starting to partner with those guys and ladies um, as far as how you can expand upon what they're trying to do. Um, so there's that value word again, you're starting mm-hmm. to understand the power of bad press and mm-hmm. um, the power of, you know, why you should do a radio show. I mean, I remember there was a story we, um, talked about too there was a i'm not going to name the player but he didn't want to do radio uh he didn't want to do a radio spot and so but he had all these other things off the field he had a charity he had a business he had all these off the field interests and so we said you understand how much coca-cola would pay to be on the radio for 20 30 minutes and when we broke it down to him that way it's that you're getting a chance to promote what you're interested in doing for free 
And when we presented it to them that way, it's like, oh, now I get it. So it really was just about how you, for lack of a better term, spin mm-hmm. things and under, let them understand that there's, there's actually more value than just getting on there and talking about last week's game. Um, certainly you can do that, but you can also use it for your advantage as well. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And again, just bringing them, I, I feel like I'm, this whole conversation is going to be based around it pretty much, you know, just bringing them value and bringing it right. to them on their terms, right? Like it was very easy for you to say, well, no, you should just do it because, you know, it gets your name out there. But that might, that's, you know, obviously part of what he's interested in, but really it's mm-hmm. his charity. It's his foundation. It's his business. That's what he needs to get out there. And by exactly. understanding, because no one probably taught him, right? Like, I don't know what the value of a radio hit is because I'm not in that space, but clearly you were able to show him what it meant and how much he could gain from it. And, you know, hopefully whomever he is, his foundation is killing and his business is doing even better, right? So I'm hoping yeah. that I'll, that's, that that's I'll actually, That's out. actually a good point because there are players who don't want to, they don't really care about getting themselves out there, but they might have something that they do care about. And so it's, if you pitch it as, you know, this is a, well, they asked for you to go on the show or you can, you know, be more well-known. Some guys actually don't care, but um, that same person, they might have something that they do care about, which I think I forgot to mention this part as far as, um, you know, my time sort of leading up to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and NFL films and even beyond, because it was a practice that I continued was, I was really well-versed in what was going on in the business side of the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, So for whatever reason, I was really interested in who's the agent, um, who they just signed with, uh, what they just launched as a business, things that they were doing totally off the field. And so it really made it easy for me to converse with guys about life because I didn't have to talk to them about scoring that touchdown this week. It's like, I can talk to you about like, I love what you're doing with that with that property or I love what you're doing with that business. And now it's like, who's this guy? Like, how does this guy know mm-hmm. this number one? And so it really create another advantage for me is because I wasn't a fan. I wasn't someone who was just talking to them about what everyone talks to them about. I love it. Yeah. You did your research, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down Sports to. Business in a lot Journal of was my lifesaver. I will say that. Love it. Yes. <laughs> SPJ. I, uh, I get those emails just about every day. I feel like, um, there's yeah. a lot and, uh, no, the, 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 the business side of sports is very interesting and the capabilities that these players have now, um, you know, compared to 10, 15 years ago when you were working with, you know, specifically the Eagles, but obviously moving forward, you spent a lot of time with players as well. So it's, it's just very interesting. And, and, you know, it's always, it's always a good thing to see that these players are doing something else. I mean, obviously the, the CBA was just signed. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything's changing. We're going through free agency right now. So I'm sure this used to be, you know, hot and heavy for you back in the day. Um, I don't know if you just watch it for fun now, but um, it's always very interesting to me just to kind of see what else these players are doing to, again, just remember they're human beings. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we love them for what they do on the field, but there's everything else about them. Um, so you spend a little over two years, you said with the Eagles, and then you actually end up going, back to nfl films correct yeah, so that's yes, absolutely full circle you got to finish your internship right <laughs> yeah for the next i don't know how many years <laughs> uh yeah it was pretty interesting because i had you know i kept a great relationship with those guys over there but obviously the situation was totally different now where i was uh, full-time and um sort of co-leading the efforts on the player relations side um with a great great department and staff um an individual um, that i worked really closely day to day with so um it was a, you know, it was a definitely a welcome back home kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And what, what was it about this time around? Like what, what attracted you back to working at NFL films? 
Well, first I'm getting paid. Okay, <laughs> that was, that, that's that was helpful. A big, that, that was is a big very deal. helpful. Yes, yeah, I was a full-time staffer. Uh, but also it was, you know, the position was very unique. It wasn't something that was commonplace. It was um, an individual by the name of uh, Marianne who uh, led the department. And basically she and I kind of led all of the efforts in terms of player relations are concerned, which for those who might not know what that means in terms of the production world is that, um, you know, they, we were the talent department for the NFL productions. And so anything that you saw on television, anything that we did that involved the player, that was she and, my, and myself um, reaching out to those players, pitching things to those players, working with all of our producers to create the best content possible. Um, the producer might have an idea in general for a show, um, but we were the ones who were actually executing, getting the player, getting the right player, I should say, and um, and then coordinating all the logistics that go around productions, which uh, I won't bore you with all that now, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And so what ended up happening is I was working on several shows simultaneously every single day. Um, so I could have I could have a dozen shows on a given day in 12 cities that were shooting. Um, all, all of which involve a player, all of which involve, you know, a coach or, or someone that we're putting on camera. Mind you, we're flying a staff, camera staff, audio staff, and they're all relying on your word as to this is what's going to happen, when, where, how. So That is intense. <laughs> and so, I mean, going from working with one team and even, you know, as you said before, you know, the, the coaches and McNabb and T.O., they kind of, they, they had their own, uh, you know, PR person <laughs> and you, you and another individual, as you said, you kind of split time with the rest of the players. What was it then like going to the entire league in terms of these players, these coaches? I'm sure there was some, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, old, oh. old you know, how, what was it like kind of, because that is now jumping from, you know, a pool of, 53 to now a pool of however many hundreds right so what was it like especially those first few months there and really just kind of making sure that everything was just happening whether it was good or bad just at least happening so initially when i when i first first hired uh full-time um the goal was to have maybe a few shows that i was sort of kind of solely responsible for meaning um if show x needed um, 12 episodes and we needed, you know, a certain amount of players per episode or a certain amount of talent to make one show happen. But I was leading that effort from one, from A to Z. What ended up happening is I was doing 10 times over that eventually. And so I kind of made the position my own. And like you said, it, it totally opened up the world of athletes, talent, entertainment, because not only were we working with athletes, we were working with people in the movie business, people in the music business. I was, I was, I remember booking uh, French Montana, the rapper French Montana yeah, yeah. before he became who he is now. Uh, worked with guys like Carl Lewis, Burt Reynolds, uh, Peter King. I mean, it, it just was endless. And as far as the football side, I mean, you're talking about current players and former players and coaches. And so the world just kind of expanded very quickly. Um, and you learn a lot on a day-to-day -day basis. And I got to tell people now it's pretty, it's easier for me to say who I didn't work with as uh -huh. opposed to who I did work with. But yeah. um, for me, it was exciting. You know, it was no day was a bore. Every day was different. Every day presented a challenge. There's timelines, there's money on the line. So there, you know, there's definitely pressure there, but 
for some reason I gravitated towards it. That is fantastic. And yeah, your phone must be just filled with some of the coolest names we'll ever see. So, oh my goodness, that is awesome. (laughs) And I guess like, again, just like going, going into this role and, and having this, and as you said, kind of making it your own, what was it like to make sure like what was your as, as you said it was still fun right so that's always yeah, nice you're enjoying absolutely. it but what's what's the mindset it takes to again go from something you know hey you'll have a couple shows to you know here's you know 12 shows on any given day in 12 in 12 cities mm-hmm. here you go james have fun like what's the what is the mindset that you've employed you employed while there to make sure that you are getting all this done and not only getting it done as i said in the beginning but you know executing everything as perfectly as you could for me, it was just a challenge because, um, and I'll dive a little bit into kind of the process is that um, we didn't have a budget at NFL Films. That changed, obviously, when I went to the league, which I can talk about later. But at the time, we didn't have a budget. So essentially, we're asking players to commit some time to sit in front of a camera for no cost, at no cost, which sounds like it's no big deal. But if you're dealing with players, a lot of these guys, their time is their money. And so... I tell people all the time, it's not so much that they don't want to do something. It's really giving them a reason not to do something that they are getting paid for. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a reverse counterintuitive thought process as to like another example of giving them a reason to do something, um, which goes into the pitch and all that kind of stuff. At least that's how I approached it. Um, so initially the challenge for me was like, how am I going to get so-and-so to come to South Jersey, which is where they were located um, for free? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge in and of itself. Um, and so one of the things that I actually did, and now I'm giving away some of my secrets was um, I actually started to put myself in a lot of those circles purposely knowing that if I can build a relationship with Michael Strahan, if I can build a relationship with Deion Sanders, if I can attend this golf tournament in California this weekend, instead of doing anything else, I can come back to work on Monday and Tuesday and all of a sudden I have a new relationship that I didn't have when I left for the weekend. And that really was some of my secret sauce. I won't give it all away, but that was definitely a big part of how I was able to build a lot of these relationships is because um, a lot of times I would volunteer my time. I would volunteer my thought equity and um, in an effort to create a relationship with someone and create value, knowing that at some point, I'm probably going to need this guy <laughs> or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. someone in, in, in the building is going to need this guy. And I wanted to be the only person who had access to them. Yep. Um, someone in the meeting is going to say, Hey, we need Dion. And you're going to say, well, you know, I, I might have his number in my phone. Let me just check. And it turns absolutely. out you spent yes. a couple weekends ago with them at a golf tournament or uh, yeah. in a casino, maybe. No, I kid, I kid, of <laughs> course. But you know, again, it, it, it go, it, it leads to building relationships mm-hmm. and by building these relationships through the value that you bring mm-hmm. without any expectation, right? You're building the relationships kind of understanding that, yeah, in the future this might happen, but I'm sure there was a lot of relationships you built that just ended up being relationships, right? And mm-hmm. you were just able to bring value and, and create friendships, which is always nice, but I'm sure it also helped to the, the bigger your network became, the more everybody knew who you were. It was a lot easier to say, Hey, Dion, can I have Michael Irvin's number? Because I don't have it. Is there any chance? You know, obviously it's just as an example. I don't know if that ever needed to happen, but I'm sure that that was something as well. Again, building that network, adding relationships. And when you have someone's trust, as you said before, man, this is a great, this is like a school lesson here, man. We should do this on a daily basis. (laughs) Building these people, building trust with these people then leads you to become, as you said, more within their social circles, but then is a much easier way to get in contact with, again, anyone that you needed. 
you know, I don't even know where I got this from, but my thought process was like, you know, and it's just so happened that I was interested in the agent side of the world of the business. And so let's say, for example, um, you know, agent A represents 30 people. My thought process was I wanted to know agent A. It was easier for me to know agent A than to try to pinpoint 30 players that he represents. And so if I got to know agent A, suddenly I have access to 30 players. And I, I just kept doing that over and over and over again. And so it, it kind of expanded very quickly because of that fact, as opposed to I wasn't going after trying to, and yeah, I mean, I was going to run into guys here and there for sure. Um, but I knew that if I got the agent's trust, if I got the representative's trust, and that goes back to knowing who's who in the sports business journal and other uh, publications, because if I can bring value to them, they are going to trust me. And if they trust me, their players are going to trust me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that was kind of, you know, another little secret that I, I did to me, it wasn't hard. I don't, I didn't know what it wasn't so monumental. I mean, it's, it's harder to do than it is to say, but mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, that was the only thing that I, it made sense to me. So, and again, it was enjoyable, right? You're going right. around hanging out with people that you watch on TV and then, you, you know, you want to know, you want to get to know them, uh, especially if they end up being good people too. Like that also big, makes big it. Big shout out to Ron Jaworski, who was another mentor yep. of mine. Um, and like I said, there was a couple guys like him, Steve, Troy, who Jim Brown, uh, James Brown, I should say, and Jim Brown actually. Uh, but James Brown from CBS on, on TV. There's a couple guys in the industry who really took the time, Solomon Wilcox, who really kind of put their arm around me and they really uh, empowered me and really connected me with a lot of people that I would have never, it would have took me forever to connect with. But um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my secret, one of my secret sauce. You gave us a lot of secret sauce. How many secret sauces did you <laughs> I have? Got a bunch. I got a bunch. I was going to say, if I just keep talking and I keep it's asking few, you questions, <laughs> maybe you'll just keep giving them to us, hopefully, and I can utilize them one of these days. No, I love it, man. And I think, so, so I think it's really interesting, as you said, you, like with a lot of the the projects you were working on. Um, so if you don't mind, actually, so you're saying there's 12 TV shows. What exactly was a TV show? Is this just like a TV hit? Is this like a, a full-fledged production? Like just yeah. to give, you don't have to give us like the whole background of all of them, but like give us an example of something that maybe you were working on a couple years ago. America's Game, um, which is okay. the documentary okay. yep. series mm -hmm. that highlights the Super Bowl winner. Um, that was a very intense um, project as well um a show like hard knocks for sure mm -hmm. um like the amazon uh, one that's coming out right uh, uh well i think well well airs on hbo um, oh okay i'm sorry yeah like the hard yeah, knocks, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. um shows like top 10 on nfl network um it could be something like that or it could also be you know something that airs just on game day um i worked on something with fedex um le mans race Mm -hmm. um, very, and that's kind of goes into why NFL films is so special, um, that they do so many things that people don't even realize that they're behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of guys in the, the facility in South Jersey is so amazing. Like people all around the world were coming to NFL films, which is just bizarre. If you're a South Jersey, like it's, they were all coming there. So secretly they were the hub of a lot of things and people that you would never expect to be in South Jersey were there. Mm -hmm. uh, which people didn't realize like when they're watching something on television, like that's being shot in South Jersey. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and there's a guy named James and Marianne who are behind it kind of. So look at uh, that. Yeah. But um, no, I, uh, it's, I love it, man. I love yeah. this story. 
Because <laughs> it's really funny because I have been, um, I do leave uh, the last couple of days at least again, haven't been super, super productive with what everything's going on. Also, it doesn't help that it's free agencies opening up. So, so it's funny when they say, yep, right here in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It's like, I, I have a friend that lives in Mount Laurel. It's like, it's like an hour from where I am, but it's not that far. There's, you know? so, it's much pretty that cool. goes, there's so much that goes on. Um, a lot of shows that are being taped uh, inside the NFL for years. Um, so just the studios are amazing. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was involved with a lot of those things. And then, so, so you said you're, you're pitching it to athletes again, you, they're not getting paid to do this. As you said, it, it, it sounds like it may have changed in the future, at least with your, your, your next role. How, how are you going about again, making these agents understand, making these athletes understand the value that they can get by doing something like this? Um, I think, you know, for the more iconic guys, it's really being a part of something that's historical. Um, that will stand and they can be proud of forever. I mean, you're, you're talking about a show like America's Game. I mean, that's that's a documentary that's it's only going to be one per year. Um, 20, 30 years from now, you can look back and be a part of something that was very special. Um, for a guy who, you know, they might not be someone that is, is well known. I mean, they definitely want to get out there as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also times where like someone just has a unique voice in a particular storyline that took place that only they can tell. Um, so it really just depends on the person and the show. Um, but for some reason I was always trying to find a unique tie and angle, um, to use in case that I needed to, convince someone to do something mm-hmm. that they normally wouldn't do it but also i think that's kind of and that's more of the production side which you know obviously the general public never really has to worry about that part of it but this the easier i can make something for someone the better it can be and we did a great job too of um of grouping things so if we fly into denver we might be taping 12 different shows in a span of two or three hours so we, mm-hmm. we might have you on talking about one show and if you can talk about three other shows, that could be, you know, a, a huge advantage as well. Someone else can come in and do the same kind of thing. So we were really good about being efficient with our time and our, and our money and, uh, and our staff. So, Very smart. I love it. So it's kind of like knowing what's going on and mm-hmm. who's, who needs who for what show and when and the deadlines and who's a must have and who will be a nice bonus um, you know, how much, then you're getting into how much time this person has. Dion only has 30 minutes, but we got to get him to talk about four different shows. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really like juggling a lot of those kind of things together. I could only <laughs> imagine what your calendar looked like, man. That must've been <laughs> insane during the heyday uh, of what you were doing. I'm sure it's still uh, crazy now, but back then just having, okay, Dion's here for five minutes, then he's here for three and a half minutes. And then we yeah. need him for another four. Like, oh my goodness. I can only imagine what that was like. Um, and you spent what, like 10 years at the, uh, at yeah, the I have not count, count, but yeah, just about. Yeah. Something like that. Like that, yeah. that is incredible, man. So again, I just, I love the fact that it also just comes full circle. You started there as an intern kind of on a, Hey, we'll see what happens. Um, you end up coming back there and pretty much creating your own position and, and running, you know, a huge, huge portion of what's happening there. I mean, I'm sure, you know, again, you were with the Eagles for two years in that two year span, you know, how much you learned and how you, you learned to act around the players and talk to the players and do everything then obviously led to what you're doing. And I'm sure when you were an intern there, you didn't think, well, hey, maybe in three or four years, I'll be, you know, running in a a gigantic portion of what's going on here. But hey, man, it happened. You just got to got to put yourself out there and just kind of roll with the punches. Right. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. I love it, man. It's very cool. And then, so after your time at NFL films, you end up just working for the NFL, right? As a player marketing coordinator. So again, staying in the player space, how, how much different was this job compared to what you were doing, I guess, in terms of how you dealt with the players? Um, so the one thing I'll say too is, um, so NFL films is definitely still the NFL. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess just kind of, yeah, like the league office. So the league office kind of broken up into, um, the league office, which is like the business hub. NFL films is, is sort of the production side of things. Uh, the network is in LA. It's more the, the TV side. Um, and I would say too, like when I was with NFL films, I was working with all three of those mm-hmm. entities simultaneously. So then at the league office, um, the difference was there wasn't, um, I would say it's more live event based. Um, obviously very heavy, heavily dealing with the players on a heavy basis, but this time there's a budget. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so that there's must a have made of, your life a little bit easier. You know, the fun, yeah, it was like, I was kind of like, this isn't fair. <laughs> I was doing this with no budget. Um, and so you start getting more into the sponsorship side of things. And so, um, you know, working with GMC, knowing that Tom Brady has, he can't do a Verizon uh, ad because he's got to deal with another company. So you're starting to get into the nitty gritty of the business. And I was doing that on my own mm-hmm. just because I was a nerd that way. Um, but now it was definitely my job to understand like who is who they can't, why they can't do Verizon, why they can't work with GMC, um, who our sponsor for this is and who can be an option for that, getting into the tweets per pay for tweets and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and so we started, I worked a lot more with the NFL PA, um, our ownership groups, um, but there was a lot of live action, um, meaning, um, so like Super Bowl week, um, we were basically on the ground running for over a week and a half, uh, pre-planning for six months out, uh, the Madden challenge, for example, um, where I had the pleasure totally off topic of coaching Warren Moon and, uh, I think Brett Favre maybe, Whoa. um, in a, in a flag football game. Chris That's Carter fantastic. And those guys. <laughs> oh my <laughs> but, goodness. Uh, uh, that was just a fun, uh, fun experience. But, um, yeah, it was a lot more live base. Um, and obviously we're paying those players. So you're dealing with more contract with the agents in that sense. Um, it's probably the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's nice to, you had a budget. How much easier yeah. does that make it? I love it. And yeah. I guess, so, so working with, so you go from how much, how much time did you spend? As you said, when you were at NFL films, you were working with all three of the, I guess, the business units, whatever we want to call it, the league office, the network, and obviously NFL films. How much time were you spending then at NFL films actually working on the brands? I know you said there was a couple out there, but how like percentage wise, how much of it was spent working with the brands and how much was it spent really just, just solely with the athletes? I would say it was probably probably 85% with the athletes at NFL films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then how did that I, sliding scale? All right, I apologize. Keep going. Oh no, I was saying that me personally, it was just something that I was always interested in for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it didn't come into effect too much at NFL films um, from what I can remember, but it was definitely something that was a big part of, uh, you know, working at the league office. Exactly. Um, how much did that sliding scale, did it go to like a 50-50, 60-40 at that point then? Definitely. I would say probably 50-50, 60-40 um, as far as the sliding scale and mm-hmm. brands and athletes. Um, I was dealing just as much with um, 
you know, the lead at GMC or, or Nike as I was with, you know, a particular player and their agent. Um, so I was kind of putting those two things together based upon what the need was, um, what could happen, what made sense. And then also obviously what the budget was because mm -hmm. we did have a finite amount for each particular initiative. And so there becomes a little bit of a, a creative factor of like figuring out who we can get for this and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that must be a lot again, of interesting stories. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you, we'll turn the, uh, we'll turn the record button off after this and maybe you can tell me a couple. Um, but I think it's great. Just again, you know, because you were spending so much time with these athletes before now you're able to pretty much just kind of keep that ramped up. You know, all these guys, you know, all the agents you've been creating these relationships, everybody, even if you don't know them at this point, it sounds like for 10 years, they all know who you are. Yeah. So now, you know, before you'd come calling and they'd probably roll their eyes like, all right, James, I'll do this. So whatever, yeah. whatever you need from me. Now you're coming to call you. Hey, I got some money for you too. So, yeah. I mean, what, why did you make this switch from NFL films? And again, I, I know they're the same company. It's just easy yeah. to delineate, but why yeah. did you make this switch from NFL films to going to the league office to work on the, 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 the marketing, the player marketing coordinating side? I just wanted a new challenge. Um, I think at the time my thought process was that I was probably going to gravitate towards the agent side of the business. Um, to be frank with you, I thought that there was a lot to be desired in some ways. Um, and when I say agent, I don't mean uh, contract agent because that's mm -hmm. a whole nother yeah. the contract agent is, you know, how much is guaranteed. The marketing agent is the person who's doing the deals with uh, Nike and Reebok and those kind of things. And so that was kind of what my head space was thinking at the time. Um, I thought that I could provide a lot of value based upon my background. Most of the guys or ladies in that industry were just people that they knew. <laughs> um, and I thought that it could be a really good advantage for me. So that was kind of my thought process and probably the motivation for me to kind of gravitate and learn that side of it um, at the time. So, and again, you already said you were paying attention to all of it for the last yeah. 12 years at this point. Yeah. It's just something you're interested in. I still so do for some reason. I guess yeah. it's probably something I'll always do. Just it's for fun. fun. It's, at this exactly. point, it's for fun. It's always, it's always interesting <laughs> to kind of just see how these things work. And it's always, you can always tell when something's very, very authentic, right? Yeah. You know, I always love like the Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, he, he works with gaming brands because he's a mm -hmm. huge video game nerd and that, that's yeah. awesome and it's super authentic. And then you see some other things, you are know, like, I don't know who thought of that or why they thought of it, but okay, right, hopefully right. everyone's getting something out of it. So it's always <laughs> very interesting to kind of see that. And I think it's cool that you had this huge opportunity again for so many years to work in the NFL. So many people would be very, very jealous. Um, I'm sure again, they're jealous because they don't know exactly everything that goes, <laughs> but I'm sure you had some fun. It was yeah. a blast. Um, how long did you, how long were you um, at the NFL in total for? Oh, uh... Well over a decade, so yeah. I would say probably 13, 14 years total. My goodness. And you were kind uh, of just all over the country during that time, correct? I w yeah, been to Pro Bowls in Hawaii, uh, Chicago, Madden Challenge, several Super Bowls, several drafts. Um, I've been to all the major events, the Combines, mm -hmm. uh, Indy. So um, worked on behalf of a lot of our partners at the time, HBO and yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> pretty incredible stuff. So, I mean, yeah. congratulations on all that, James. I think, again, very grateful that I had the opportunity to bring you on. So, you eventually do leave the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. What I guess what was behind the 
you know, again, you were there for so long. It sounds mm-hmm. like you're doing so, so much. You had so many great relationships. What eventually led you to say, you know what? I kind of don't want to fly all over the country every weekend. I kind of want to stay, stay a little bit more still now. My daughter was born. Um, and like you said, at that point, it was kind of, I'd been doing this for so long. Um, so I definitely wanted to get more into, a, you know, quality of life balance, uh, at least for me. Fortunately, um, along the way, and it's probably a couple of stories I could tell you off topic or another time, but um, um, I got into knowing a lot of guys in the marketing world. And so long story short is I was, a, I got my license in real estate. Um, and so I was doing deals with players um, towards the end of my time with the NFL. And I started to get intrigued with the idea of, you know, making it more of a, a day-to-day career for myself um, while using my own unique experience. Um, so again, it's always trying to find how I, I can be unique in a particular uh, industry. And so I just thought it was a great time to, to transition smoothly out and take on a new challenge. Um, I was always very entrepreneurial um, without even realizing it. And so uh, I was kind of a rip the bandaid off kind of guy and, and not afraid of ambiguity and trusting myself and saying, like I do with everything else, I'll figure it out. And, um, it, it, you know, it was a lifelong experience that just will never leave and I can never be more grateful for. So I think it's awesome, man. So yeah. now you're, you're, you're a real estate advisor, you're a business owner, you're a brand consultant, you have a lifestyle brand of your own. I mean, you're, uh, it sounds like your time is very, just as filled up, but a little less plane rides. It sounds like at this point, I've always been obsessed with clothes and fashion. So, right. uh, um, not a few years after the NFL got a great opportunity with Louis Vuitton, um, which is, you know, arguably the number one luxury house in the world. And, um, I use the same thought process of like, you know, I have the NFL on my, on my resume, as far as the fashion and style world is concerned. I mean, if I could get an experience with these guys, I mean, that would just catapult everything that I wanted to do in that creative space. And so that's kind of the reason why I, um, took that opportunity seriously and mm-hmm. had a chance to style celebrities and um, work with a lot of tremendous people in the fashion world and learn a lot about that. And so um, that's something I'm tremendously proud and thankful for as well. And like you said, it kind of helped me transition full-time into my own personal branding business um, where I do image consulting, I do pers- uh, public speaking, um, styling, uh, as well as private events and brand strategy. So um, that combined with my real estate business is very, keeps me really busy. Keeps you very busy. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're very darn good at it. Um, so James, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so, so much, everybody. James McCormick, I hope everyone's taking notes or listens to this a couple times because <laughs> man, all the secret sauce was dropped on that one. So I really appreciate time today, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode with James. As I said, he was absolutely fan. Fantastic. So much fun to talk to. I'm really, really grateful I had the opportunity to bring him on. So if there's anything in the show notes, make sure to click on all those links so you can learn a little bit more about James. If you could, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. That is super helpful and will really, really do something for us when it comes in terms of more people finding the show, which is my favorite part about it. And uh, yeah, so thank you all so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me your time because it's the only thing we don't get more of. And I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes!